Yes, and there were no and stuck in time. I was okay with that because the word the Lord gave me today is, is for the family. Now, I'm going to just tell you ahead of time, there probably won't be much running and shouting and sewing and all that kind of stuff. But if you'll let me speak my heart to you today. Um, it's going to bless you for the rest of your life. All right? Father God, thank you for giving us the privilege and the honor of receiving your word. We receive the word today with meekness, knowing it's able to save our souls. Your word, this word today, I believe, is meant to save our souls. Not get us born again, no. Save our souls. Deliver our souls. And I pray, Father, that your people today will receive this word. I speak in advance that today would be a day of corporate and personal revival in this ministry, in this house, for those sitting here, those watching online, now and years to come. I pray in advance. The sign and wonder that I want is for personal revival to happen in the lives of your people. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 While you're standing, let's read the scripture real quick. Since you're standing, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews 2, and for sake of time, I'm going to read just verse 1. Hebrews 2 and verse 1. Glory to God. You'll have that? Okay, if you don't have it, it's on the screen in front of you, reading from the New King James Version. Ready, read. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. We must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. You may be seated. Lest we drift away. Glory to God. This is day 56 of our 90-day prophetic window, and uh, 34 days remain. We're happy about that. God, as you can tell, these testimonies, God is doing extraordinary things. I mean, to, to have a long-lost loved one uh, found, <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just, that's wonderful. And the Bible said, we read, there's a scripture we've been on, Joel, uh, Joel, J-O-E-L, 2, verse 21, in the uh, uh, New King James says, uh, Fear not, be glad and rejoice. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. And then if you take that same verse and you switch over to the King James Version, it says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. So God has done marvelous things, and he will do great things. So God is up to something good. Tell your neighbor, God is up to something good. How many of y'all sense that already? God is up to something good. Whether you have experienced something uh, refreshing and good in your life during these first uh, uh, few days or 50-something days we've been in, or you just testify or hear other people's testimony and say, wow, God is doing something good. And here's the truth. God is always up to something good. God is always about blessing his people. Amen? Now, Wednesday night, I shared a message with you. Can I review this a little bit, please? I taught a message entitled, God Will Help You. 
you know, we have been preaching all this, you know, last several weeks about, you know, uh, you know, getting our praise up and, and creating an environment and atmosphere. And I felt God shifting me if, as early as last Sunday and especially this past Wednesday. And I know today into into getting us to a place where understanding uh, that we have supernatural help, that God is trying to do something for us. Are y'all praying for me today? Are y'all praying for yourself today? I really want you to receive this word. That God is, is trying to get us to, to uh, receive his help, to receive his supernatural help, and God does not want us to miss out on what he's doing. Many times uh, people get frustrated and weary. Remember I taught on that. Because they, they feel like God isn't doing anything, but God is always moving. With God, nothing is impossible. Doing nothing is impossible. So God is always moving. And so we minister from this message on uh, God will uh, help you. And you remember what, what prompted that? There's a, someone who had written in uh, on our YouTube channel, watching our, our, we have a lot of live viewers and viewers who watch us over time. And someone had posted a question on our YouTube channel uh, asking this. And they said, the question was, how do you get out of debt when your paycheck barely uh, pays the necessities. You remember that? Now, uh, I dealt with that Wednesday night because the, the question to put it in our terms, whether you're dealing with debt, dealing with anything else, the question is, how can I do that when I only have enough for this? Right? Same question that Mary had over in Luke chapter one when she said, you know, how, how can this be when the Lord told her, the angel told her you're gonna have a child? And she said, how should this thing be seeing I don't know a man? Now, she, remember, she knew a man, but she didn't know no. There's a difference in, you know, praise the Lord. Amen. I don't want to go too deep in that today. So she didn't know no, intimately know a man. And I taught on the fact that, you know, because the angel told her, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. The power of the Lord is going to overshadow you. So it's not about you and your man, it's about the Holy Ghost, God's power doing this in your life. So whenever God, whenever you have a, a desire that's greater than your ability, or when God gives you a challenge that's greater than your ability, he wants you and me to know that he's not looking for your power to do it. God always, thank you Holy Ghost, I'm trying not to get it. He always would find somebody who seemed like they were the least likely to succeed in whatever he gave them to do. He would ask a guy like a Gideon who's hiding. Talking about, I want you to go out there and be, a, be my champion out there for me. I mean, the least likely guy. Moses, who, who couldn't speak uh, fluently, I want you to go and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. See, God, whenever he challenges you, he's not looking at what you can do. He wants you to depend totally on him. Anybody who is, is overconfident or anybody, in fact, who's just confident in their own ability will seldomly be used by God. He needs to find those who realize, without him I am nothing. Without him I can do nothing. That if it had not been for God on my side, I don't know where I'd be. So when he finds that kind of person, then he can use you. Are you hearing me? So when we looked at, at uh, Psalm 46 and verse uh, 4 and 5, get on the screen for me please, media. Uh, I'm going to try to speed through a little bit of this here. Uh, Psalm 46, verse 4 and 5 says, There's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place 
of the tabernacle of the Most High. We taught about how this is alluding to our praise and worship. How when you and I praise God, create a river of joy, this river of joy makes glad the city of God. Then verse uh, five, please. God is in the midst of her. Her who? That city of joy. She shall not be moved. Then it said, God shall help her just at the break of dawn. God shall help her. When you are a praiser, God will help you. Hallelujah. When you are a worshiper, God will get on your side. Are you hearing me? Now I want to give you another scripture here, please. If you please go to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. Do I dare come down here with y'all? Isaiah 41. And verse 10. I want you to see what it says here. It says, fear not. Tell your neighbor, fear not. It says, fear not, for I am with you. You don't have to be scared. I'm with you. Glory to God. Just as Pastor Kim alluded earlier, if you had Mike Tyson in your corner, Right? You would you just, just stand real bold, right? Yeah. So God says, fear not, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Do you see that? Yeah. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now that's encouraging to me. Yeah. I don't have the fear. God is with me. He will strengthen me. Yes. When he said yes, that's indeed. Like show enough in, in, in your neighborhood. Yes, I will help you. Tell your neighbor, yes, God will help you. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then a few verses later in verse 13. Verse 13, God comes back with another refrain. He says, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Isn't that wonderful? I said, isn't that wonderful? That God will help, no, y'all, y'all playing. This is not, this is not uh, the government saying to help you because they'll let you down. This is not your mom and your cousin, them. no, this is because they'll let you down too. And maybe even even if they don't want to let you down because of their limitations, they can't do everything that you need done. Come on, some of y'all, you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all, you 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 were short on your on your light bill or something, and you called all your siblings, and they couldn't put together 150 dollars to help you. But we're talking about the God who made the heaven and the earth. He says, I will help you. Now, if God helps you, there is no situation, there's no challenge, there's no condition, there's no circumstance that you can't power your way through because you have the help, the assistance of Almighty God. Are y'all hearing this? Now, I want you to look at something here that's very, very crucial to me. In verse 10, in verse 10, look at what it says again. He says, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, verse 13 says, for the Lord your God will hold your right hand. 
Now what's interesting, Deep, is that he's saying his right hand and your right hand. Now, we're accustomed to, in our mind, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this, is, this is good revelation for somebody. We're accustomed to thinking in our mind when God comes on to help us, Deke, stand up for me, that he's, he's saying, I'm coming up, turn up, turn up, face the crowd. The crowd. He, we're used to him saying, okay, I'm coming alongside. Hey, man, I'm with you. I'm your brother. I'm with you. But God said, no, that's, that's not how I'm, how I'm coming. He said, my right hand and your right hand. right hand and your right hand. Now when two guys or anybody put right hand and right hand they're entering a pledge of covenant. A pledge of agreement. This is beyond just hey you know I'm, I'm with you. No this is bro. I'm with in fact normally when, when, when brothers will do this they'll do this too. He said I want you to see how much I'm with you. I'm not just going to stand beside you. No I'm going to stand right here with you and I'm going to do this. Yes sir. I've entered a pledge, I've entered a covenant agreement with you to be there with you, to fight for you. You have my, uh, brother, I'm on your side. Now watch this. Now, Deke, if we join like this, right, okay, I'm, I'm with you. But... You have been, if I'm God, mm-hmm. you're the one in trouble. Right, right. And you were like this, mm-hmm. he's looking all around. <laughs> but when you go right hand to Come right on, hand. He's saying, keep your eyes on me. On. I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care about the wind. I don't care about the waves. I don't care about your enemies. Just keep your eyes on me. Don't worry about that stuff. I know about it. I got it. I got it. Just keep your eyes on me. You and I are in agreement. Yes, sir. So I want you to get a different understanding about God saying he'll help you. We enter an agreement. I have made a covenant with you. And in that when two people make a covenant, D, yes, sir, yes, sir. can I teach you just for come a second? On, on. Give me one minute on come this. On, when people make a covenant, what they're saying is, I give you my strength. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You give me your strength. And in a covenant agreement, if I fail to help you when you are in trouble, I cease to be who I am. And that means you have the right to take my life. When people are in covenant, that's why marriage, we say till death do us part. Because it's only, it's only, un, it, it's only breakable by death. So when God says, I enter a covenant with you, as long as I'm living, then you're good. Are you hearing me? Thank you, D. Now, I wanted you to get an idea, get a picture of this, because we've had a side-by-side picture of God's help and he said it's not side by side it's face to face it's face to face (laughs) so you get to look in my face you get good to behold my countenance 
He wants you to stay forward focused. He want, did you hear what I said? He wants you to stay forward focused. Thank you, Lord. Are y'all, are y'all ready to hear this today? I hope you are. I really hope you're ready to hear what, I'm, what I want to tell you today. The reason face-to-face is important because losing focus causes people to drift away from the Lord. Y'all hear me in the back? On the back row by the wall, y'all hear me back there? If somebody's going to be distracted, you move. Losing focus causes people to drift away from the Lord, miss the mark, and forfeit the blessings he had for them. I'll say it again. Losing focus causes people to drift away from the Lord, miss the mark, and forfeit the blessings he had for them. This is so critical in the United Days. It's so critical in our whole lives as Christians. That we don't lose our focus on God. That's why I said face to face. Because if we lose our focus, we drift away from the Lord. Right hand to right hand. Because I don't want you to drift. If we drift, we miss the mark. And when we miss the mark, we forfeit the blessings he had for us. Second John it's only one chapter, so 2 John chapter 1 and verse 8. I want you to see that, please. 2 John chapter 1 and verse 8. Listen to what it says. It says, look to yourselves. Look to yourselves. Look to yourself. That we do not lose, some translations say that you do not lose, the things we work for. Did you catch that? So it's possible to lose the things we work for. I mean, you've been working on something, haven't you? You've been, you've been praying and you've been reading the word of God. You've been praising God. You've been, I mean, you, we know you're saved and we know you're going to heaven. That's, that's, you're not worried about that. I'm talking about, but you've been working and growing the things of God and you've been, you know, you've been putting your time in. I'm not, I don't mean doing works just to do works. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about you have been really uh, trying to grow in God. But he says, yet it's possible to lose the things we work for. In other words, if you, just like, just like uh, uh, you, can, you, can, you can sow a seed and lose your harvest. He says, but that we may receive a what? Full what kind of reward? Full oh, so that means you can get a partial reward. And the devil would be happy to have us just be satisfied with a partial reward. Well, I'm doing better. I'm come on this side. Well, I'm doing better. And the devil would have you be happy with better. How do y'all, y'all know that better is, is that better is the enemy of good? 
I mean, better is better than evil, but it's not as good as good. So the devil wants us to just get a partial reward and just, okay, skate on through. All right, I got, got, I got me a little job, okay. Body racked with pain, but I got me a little job. Sick all the time. Well, now, man, you got, you got healed. Praise God. I'm, I'm healthy now, but man, I can't pay my bills. See, there's a full reward. Everybody say full reward. But to get the full reward, you have to look to yourself. Huh? What did it say? What did it say? Tell your neighbor. What is what it say? That means check yourself. I know you're always checking me out, but I want you right now today. No, y'all not saying that. Isn't it, it interesting how in church we're so accustomed to when we hear a word? Well, I know somebody that that word, that's this, I know somebody right now. Today, this is not somebody else's word. Today, this is your word. Today, this is your word. It's my word. I'm not thinking about somebody else I know who, man, they need to hear this word. I'm thinking about today, I need to hear this word. So he said, look to yourself. It's like that's it's a scripture. Uh, is it 2 Corinthians? No, that, that, that would be wrong, wouldn't I? Holy Spirit, help me out with that. Because I don't think there's a 13th chapter of 2 Corinthians, is there? No. Uh-uh. Let me see. I'm gonna, let me see if I can find it. So I can find it. Huh? 13.5. Is it 2 Corinthians? There's a 13. Yeah, there is. I was right. 13.5. Notice what it says, 2 Corinthians 13.5, uh, sister media lady. <laughs> Examine yourself. So today we're having... Um, self-examination. Come on now, we're going to bring our brooms back. We're not going to sweep around our neighbor's front door now. We're going to, today, come on now, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, Glenn, come on now. What? We're going to sweep around our own front doors this morning here. See, because... <coughs> All right, Holy Ghost, help me with this here. Um, another scripture here. I mean, I got plenty of notes, Holy Ghost. You don't have to take me all over the place here. Galatians 5 and verse 7. Because this one I want to make sure it doesn't happen. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? So it's possible to get a good running start. Be on, well on your way. And something comes along and trips you up and you don't finish the race. I was watching, uh, uh, y'all don't, don't, don't pick on me. Don't, don't quit the church. I was watching uh, March Madness yesterday. And uh, I was watching... Uh, which game was this, Jonathan? We were watching. 
um, this school, a school I never heard of this school. They're in Spartanburg. Wolf, Wolford. Is that what it was? And they were playing against uh, Kentucky. Now, Kentucky was supposed to be blowing them out the water. But this school, Wolford, man, they came out there like beasts, man. They were playing above the rim. And boy, I was excited because I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I know a lot of people in Kentucky. So I was kind of excited because I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna be able to boy sell out. And I must have halftime came and I must have went off and got me a sandwich. I don't know what I did. I went some chicken wings or something. And I came back, man, in third no, second half, and I'm like, what? What happened? They ran well. They ran well. They were defeating a mighty power. They ran well, but something hindered them. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, let's go back to 2 John 1.8. Look to yourselves that we do not lose the things we work for, those things we work for, but that we may receive a what kind of reward? Full reward. So there's a full reward that God has for us to enjoy. Now, I want to switch, please, uh, 2 John 1 to the uh, Passion Translation, and I want to read verses 7 through 9. Okay. 2 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 9 in the Passion Translation. Y'all got it? Yes. Glory to God. Notice what it says here. It says, numerous deceivers have surfaced from among us and gone out into the world. People who will not acknowledge Jesus Christ coming as a man. These deceivers are antichrists. Everybody's waiting on the antichrist, but there are already antichrists in the world. All right? Verse 8 Be on your guard so that you or so that you do not lose all that we have diligently worked for, but receive a full reward. Tell you, but be on guard. Verse 9. Now, he tell you to be on guard because something's trying to come in. Anyone, listen to this very carefully. Please, please hear me. Anyone who wanders away and does not remain faithful to the teaching of Christ has no relationship with God. But those who remain in the teaching of Christ have a wonderful relationship with both the Father and the Son. So don't wander away. You ever, I remember when I was, when I was a child and we'd go shopping uh, to the store, you know, uh, uh, to the Mars Brothers downtown or Montgomery Wards or wherever we used to go to. We didn't know anything about no dealers and Neemans and all that stuff back then. We had a burnout, but you know, I ain't, we didn't go to no burnout. We, William Henry, J.C. Penn is about the highest we went to, boy. Hey, where are all the Huskies for my son? I know none of y'all have experienced that. And, uh, but you remember as a kid, you wander off? Now, you don't necessarily mean to. It's just your parents are right here in this, on this rack, and you notice something else on that rack. So you go over there, ooh, 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 ooh. And then what happens inevitably is you see something else on another rack, and you walk over to that rack. 
Before you know it, you're on another rack. Before you know it, you're way out of their eyesight. You've won it off, but you're not out of earshot. Jonathan! You better get your butt back over here, boy, before we find you. I used to get whoopings. I know none of y'all get, y'all kids don't get whoopings today, but I used to get whoopings. And I could get it in the store, too. Who you gonna call? Right? So today, I am your earshot call. I'm here today to sound the alarm. So get your butt back over here. Where I can keep my eye on you. Where I can put my right hand back in your right hand. Face to face. Face to face. Glory to God. Now, wandering away is very possible. I want you to turn to Mark 4, please. Mark 4. I don't know how much time I've got. I'm trying to be finished early. Wandering away is very possible. Even among those who have believed and received the word of God. And have walked in faith. In Mark 4, verse 13 through 20, I want you to see this, this parable. Y'all know this parable. Many of you know it. In case you don't, it's a parable of, of uh, the sower and then the four grounds. Okay? Can we read it here? Verse 13 says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Keep going, please. The sower sows what? The word. The word. Verse 15. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So that's one level of ground. Now I want you to notice here right ahead ahead of time here that this ground gets progressively better. Progressively better. Okay? So this ground is wayside where people hear the word, but they don't even make out the door with the word. The devil comes along, so that's what happens. People can be sitting, look, look at your neighbor. People can be sitting right here. And all this word going forth. And it never makes it out the door in their mind. Pastor was just background noise while they're playing on their little phone. Word is sown, but they, it just immediately just, just taken away. People, we have this. All right, I can't. Go. Well, I, you know, we have this this mistaken uh, notion that well, long, long as they're in the atmosphere, they heard the word, and you know, it's going one day it's going to produce. No. No, the Bible says meat was taken away. There's nothing left to produce because it was taken away. If, if it's taken away, it can't produce later. That's why you have to make sure you are giving heed to the word of God. Got it? This is gooder than y'all let know. Did he say gooder? Yes, I said gooder. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. It's better. Who when they hear the word, immediately receive with gladness. Praise God, that's a good word. Keep going. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. They endure only for a time. So they endure only for a time. Now immediately that, that, something springs up. If you read back when the parable's first given. 
but they only endure for a time. So it's possible to get the word and endure for a time. Now I want you to make sure you identify where you are currently. Don't be thinking about somebody else. Yeah, where you at? It says afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for what? So you can expect when you get the word, tribulation, persecution is going to come. It says immediately they stumble or immediately they are offended. Now watch this next group of people. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are ones who hear the word. Now remember, it's progressively better. So just like those ones on stony ground, they heard the word, received it with gladness. They had something producing in their lives too. They already started producing something. But notice it says here, they hear the word, verse 19, verse 19, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things, entering in. So all three of those things are entering in. They choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So that means the word had to be fruitful first for it to become unfruitful. So you can be hear, hearing the word of God every Sunday, every Wednesday, listening online, everything, and you start getting some traction, man, things start producing. But all of a sudden, you start, you know, because you're getting some traction, all of a sudden because you start, you know, you got your little raise, you got your little increase, you got your little husband, you got your little wife. You're like, okay, we moving. I'm getting some result on the word of God, yeah. But then all of a sudden, some things start entering in. Oh, it's tight, but it's right this morning. It's the cares of this world, the anxieties of this world. You're letting the pressure of the world get in there because you got all entangled with that stuff in there. He says in the deceitfulness of riches, you got your little bit of money. Got your extra $10,000. I ain't never had no real jobs. And I got saved and I got me a real job, honey. And now all of a sudden, you start believing your money instead of believing the word. Can I tell you something? Here's the truth. It's, it's, it's very dangerous when you start uh, prospering financially. See, the danger of, now, you, you're supposed to prosper financially. But the danger of it is, is that you, the, the danger is you can start to uh, trust your money as opposed to trusting God. Whereas when you don't have no money, you know, oh, come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. <laughs> Father, I stretch. You, you do all that stuff when you're broke. I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know, Lord, if you don't come through. Oh, Lord, I don't know what's going on. But all of a sudden, now you start getting money. Now you ain't stretching your hand anymore. That's the deceit of riches. Because my money can do what I used to ask God to do. I used to work my faith. Now I work my money. That's the deceitfulness of riches. And it says desires for other things entering in. So all, the kind of, all of a sudden, all these other desires start keeping in there. Look at that. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Desires for other things. 
when you first got saved and you couldn't, couldn't find out a way? It's just, it's just me and God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast six days a week. And I'm going to spend time with God. Now all of a sudden, you know, you're dressing a little better because the word producing. Now all of a sudden you're cute and one guy gave you one little holler. Holler! And all of a sudden now, I think, I think, I think I desire me a man. I think, Right? That's all it takes. You know it's all it takes. One, one little holler, one little holler, change your life. One little whistle. Right? Come on, you've been there. Tell the truth, you've been there. One little holler changed your life, didn't it? You remember you were in elementary school? One time, somebody patted you on your backside. And, oh, oh my God. Now, what happened? Now, you know, you know the rest of the story, right? So this last ground, you go to verse 20. The last ground, they heard the word, so forth. Go to verse 20. They heard the word, and they accepted and bear fruit 36 to 100 fold. But I'm going back to this third level. Of those who heard the word, they receive with gladness. They're producing. It's fruitful. And all of a sudden, things come in. All of a sudden, it becomes unfruitful. What's happened? Happened. They begun to drift away. They were so, and it's oh man, I'm going to so show you that here. It's such a slow, gradual process that it happens to people when they don't even realize it's happening. What happened to these people? They started producing. And the more they started producing, the less they guarded their hearts. Proverbs 4.23, you know it. Guard your heart with all diligence. Or keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it all the issues of life. So the more they started producing, they, they kind of let down their guard. Come on. Come on now. Talk to me. Talk to me now. Those of y'all, you've been saved a long time. You remember when you first got saved, but you were on fire. You had a daily scripture coming into your feed. Huh? And you were actually, you know, reading the word. Now it's just a daily scripture in your feed. And people think. Because all people in your circle think you're in the word. But you actually, man, I ain't, I ain't read it today. First God say, oh, we reading Proverbs every day? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at y'all right now. Yeah, yeah, we read Proverbs every day. Now it's, oh, oh, the 24th. Oh, my goodness. The last time I read Proverbs. You know something? I heard this story. This, I guess it's a story. We call it a story. They said, you know, you know the easy way to cook a frog? is you put the frog in, the, in a cold pan and you turn the heat up slowly. They say you don't throw them in a hot pan. You throw a frog in a hot pan. Just like if you were to stick your hand in a hot pan, you immediately, ah! But if I were to put your hand in a cold pan and gradually turn the heat up just slowly, I'd, I'd burn all your skin off your hand. And you don't even realize it's happened to you. 
because it's so, it's such a slow, gradual process. And I'm telling you how the devil works against the people of God. Because listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all know I'm on your side, right? You know I love you. He, the devil knows what it looks like when somebody gets their full reward. He knows when you get your full reward, you ain't nothing to be played with. And here's the truth. None of us got it yet. So let's not, let's not, let's not pretend like, let's not pretend like we all got it yet. Paul said, I haven't attained yet. But we're, we're working. We're, we're moving. And so the devil wants to, he's not going to come and do something just so outlandish that he makes you jump and react. He's, he's subtle. Cunning. He, the, the Bible calls it uh, calls doctors of demons and seducing spirits. You know what a, you know what seduction looks like? Y'all don't don't don't. That's all right. Let's not talk about that. That's right. No, you know you, you know if you've been reading Proverbs, you know what seduction looks like. If you've been reading Proverbs every day, you know what seduction looks like. When you get around chapter chapter five, six, and seven. Am I right? Look at the rest of y'all. Y'all, what they mean? Five, six, and seven? It shows you how seduction, what seduction looks like. That girl come and say, hey, I saw you. She said, I got this bed already laid out. He got, he got a mind thinking about the bed. Got his mind thinking about the bed. Egyptian. Let's find Egyptian cotton. I got, I got some sweet perfume. Now he thinking. Whew. And then, then she said, and, and, and my man, he gone for a while. What's she doing? She's seducing. It's, it's very slow. She just go grab him and say, come on, let's get in the bed. So the devil knows better than to just come and pull us out like that. You know, he's got, he's got to slowly work us. Work, yeah, just keep, keep. Can I keep going? Can I keep going? Go back to Hebrews 2, our main scripture. Because as you move in the things of God, and as you and I get closer to our prophetic fulfillment, everybody say prophetic fulfillment. Then you and I, we must give more earnest heed to the word of God. More earnest heed. Notice what it says here in Hebrews 2 verse 1. <coughs> it says, therefore. So since I see the word therefore, I need to find out what it's there for. So let's go back to chapter 1 and verse 14. Chapter 1 and verse 14. And this, is the, this whole chapter deals with Jesus and then the angels. Jesus is higher than the angels. He's superior than the, to, to the angels, right? And so, but here in chapter 1 verse 14, it's going to talk to us. It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Yes. 
Are they all the angels? Are they not all ministering spirits, serving spirits, sent forth to minister for, not to, for, minister for, minister for, work for. The angels work for. Now, they're not employed by, they, 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 they are employed by God, but their assignment is to us. So they minister for us who will inherit salvation. That word salvation, don't think, don't think born again. That word salvation is the Greek word soteria, which is talking about wellness, health, safety, preservation, deliverance, prosperity. So it says, you and I will inherit this. We will inherit this. So the full reward looks like this. It's total salvation. God did more than just get you born again. Jesus didn't come just to get you born again. You understand that? If that was the case, if his only purpose was to get you born again, the moment you got born again, you would have dropped dead. He would have said, that's it, done. But no. There's much more. So the angels minister for us who are the heirs of salvation. Therefore, chapter 2, verse 1, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest we should drift away. So angels are working for us. That's good to me. So since they're working for me, I've got to give more earnest heed. <clears throat> Why? Because if I drift, they can't minister. If I drift, chapter 2, verse 1, they can't minister. Chapter 1, verse 14. Remember, chapter 2, verse 1 is a therefore. Since they're working for me, I've got to give more earnest heed so I don't drift away. If I drift, those fellows have to back up. As long as I stay connected, as long as I, as I stay close, as long as I stay focused, as, as long as I stay face to face, God says, you just keep your eyes on me. I'm sending these fellows out. They're going to work for you. You don't, you don't worry about that. I got those fellows working for you. Are you seeing that, man? That's good. These fellas out there working, you just keep your eyes on me. You don't need to be talking to angels. I said, you don't need to be talking to angels. You don't need to be talking about angels. No, you don't need to do that. That's not your job. You keep, you keep your eyes, focus on him, and he speaks those angels and sends them out on your behalf. You got it? All right, now, let me deal with this, this message here. The reason why I'm ministering this today, oh man, is because as pastor and as a brother in the Lord, I'm deeply saddened and alarmed by how many people in the body of Christ I'm seeing drift. Yes. 
and, and I wish I could just say drift from church. I'm not talking about people oh, uh, looking around. I don't see somebody in this church no more. If, if that was the case and they, were just, they just left our church and they're in some other church, I'd be happy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They found, they found other church because, you know, you don't, you don't have to eat at, at, uh, at uh, Burns. You, you can eat at Burger King if you want to. Who that joker think he is? This Burns over here, man. This Burns Steakhouse. Now, it's Burger King and Wendy's and Taco Bell all around. You, you, don't, you don't have to eat at Burns. You can eat at all the Taco Bells you want to. There's plenty of Taco Bell triggers out here. That joke was crazy. Yep, yep. So, but if, so if that was the case, it, that wouldn't bother me. But the issue is this, is that they're not drifting from this church. They're drifting from the Lord. Because most people I've run into, I say, hey, man, I ain't saying, you know, I know, you know, praise God, you left the church, you know, and pe it's funny because people, you know, you run into them, they, they run from you. Yeah. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> like, hey, I don't have any beef. Y'all hear me? I don't have any beef if somebody leaves our church. That's, I don't have any beef. I love you whether you're here or not. It doesn't make no difference. It's your, this is America. We still at least have that freedom, don't we? It's America. But the problem is people are not just drifting from the church, this church. They're drifting from the word. They're drifting from the kingdom. And what happens when they do that is they stop the hands of those fellows in chapter 1, verse 14, who are there to work on their behalf. You know, it, can, I, can I just be frank? <laughs> I was talking to one of my uh, high school classmates the other night. And he was saying, man, John, we just got to pray, pray for my classmates. I said, what's going on? He said, man, so many of my, so many of my classmates are going down this black Hebrew Israelite road. I said, man, I know it. So we all start seeing some of these brothers around here, and they starting to wear these long beards, and they, they getting all, you know, militant. They've drifted. I know a guy who, back when I started preaching, and for many years, was one of just the most prolific preachers around here. Young guys. And this guy right now, preacher, I mean a preacher of the gospel. And he is now, I don't believe in Jesus. Black Hebrew Israelite. Now they want to argue whether we are the Jews and, you know, black people are the Jews. And, you know, I don't believe in no white man Jesus and I don't believe in that white man Bible. I don't believe in that message. I'm saying, because man wrote that Bible. Well, uh, let me help you, cuz. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. He used men, 40 men or so, to write it, to physically write it. But they wrote as they were inspired by God. 
Let me help some of y'all young people too because y'all going to get bombarded with this in your high school and in your college days. I don't believe it because King James, you know King James was a whoremonger and he was a drunkard. No, King, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me help you. Come here. It says King James authorized. He didn't write it, fool. He authorized it. If President Trump says, I'm going to build that wall, he is not about to put on some long... He's not to be up on no ladder. He's just gonna, he just wants to authorize it. Reject all that foolish talk that people are bringing to our young people. And the issue is, if it was just our young people, man, I understand they're kind of gullible, but it's some of our people who've been walking with God for years. And they're drifting. We used to sing a song back in the day, Sister Patricia, throw out the lifeline. You remember that one? Throw out the lifeline. Someone is drifting away. That's good. Because y'all's going to get all caught up. Listen to this. Drifting is not sudden, but it's a gradual movement away from a fixed point. Drifting is not sudden, but it's a gradual movement away from a fixed point. You understand then why the Bible would say something like, remove not the ancient landmark which our fathers have set. Because a landmark not only marked boundaries, but it also marked so you, you were able to now to measure. You were now able to, to scale and know where you were. So you remove a landmark. How many of y'all have been on a boat? Yes. Well, I see Oscar and Andy. Y'all been on your new boat yet? Today? Just the two of y'all? Uh, I, I hear that wife. I hear that wife. It's, it's, it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. I guess y'all heard that, Jerry. Ain't, no, ain't gonna be no three of us. Three's company, two. Two's company, three's a crowd, okay. But when you're on a boat, because there are no lanes, there's no stoplights, there's none of that stuff, there's no, there's no markers in the water, you, you always reference a mark on the land, a landmark. That way you know where you're going. You know how far out you are. You know which, which direction you're heading. You reference something on land. You rep because the water's always moving. You have to, have to reference something that never moves. And what's happening in the body of Christ is that we now have this kind of moving truth. A moving truth. It's, 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 it's relative to our generation. It's, it's not the truth. And yet the Bible says his truth endures to all generations. And yet we have, we have removed his truth and we've exchanged the truth for lies. And what's happened then is, is where, whereas even the church used to be the landmark for the world. Now... We've kind of just, 
my message today to you and anyone listening is catch yourself. That's my message today. Catch yourself. I'm not talking about you, somebody else you know. I'm talking about you. Catch yourself. Because the dangerous part is that many more people that, that are sitting in church still, sitting in church still, are drifting and just don't realize it. Drifting and just don't realize it. How many of y'all have ever been driving in a car and uh, you kind of nodded off a little bit? Don't admit that out loud. This is not off a little bit. And you don't realize you're drifting until you hear. Oh, oh. Today I'm your. You say, hey, whoa, whoa, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, spirit. I can't afford to drift. And crash. There's a there's a there's a huge uh, cruise liner out there on, on off the coast of Norway right now. Right now, this cruise ship off the coast of Norway um, experienced engine failure in a storm. Engine failure. You got that? I'm dropping all my. That's some good stuff right there, Deke. That's good notes. <sighs> Engine failure. And when you read the article, what they said was that because they experienced engine failure, this, this uh, cruise liner was starting to drift. And the danger was it was drifting towards land and they were afraid of it crashing. So they're in a, a rescue and recovery effort right as we're speaking right now, trying to, trying to get people off the boat. They're, they're bringing in helicopters one by one, trying to pull people off, off the ship one by one to get them off. They've, they've got off maybe, uh, I'm not sure how many, it's hundreds of people, 1,300 that's on the ship. They got, a, a, I think, a couple hundred off by now. They're getting them off because, hey, if this thing were to crash, well, why, is, why was it going to crash? Because it started drifting. Why was it starting to drift? Because its engines failed. The thing that made it run, they failed. It was running well. People enjoying, they probably having a good time on their little cruise and eating and dancing and laughing. Ah, all of a sudden, hey, hey. SOS. Hey. All right, let me let me go through this real quick. So I really want to finish this today. To drift from the Cambridge English Dictionary. This is how they define drift means to move slowly, especially as a result of outside forces with no control over direction. That's the dangerous part, with no control over direction. And when people are drifting, they think they're in control, but they don't realize they're being driven by outside forces. Number one force is the devil himself. Uses other things entering in, desires other things entering in, deceitfulness of riches, and cares of this world, and so forth. All these other things he's using, uh, 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 persecution and tribulations, he's using all these things, all, these, all those other forces, offense. People getting offended. 
getting in their feelings. That's what we call it, getting all in their feelings. And these, these forces are driving them and they, are, they have no control over the direction. The sad thing is they still think they're in control. Glory to God. Now what causes drifting? Now what did I tell you about that, that boat outside of Norway? Engine failure. So what causes us to drift? It's failure to abandon the world, failure to abstain from evil, and failure to add to your faith. I'm going to show you these here in a minute. Failure to abandon the world, failure to abstain from evil, and failure to add to your faith. That will cause your engines to fail. Can we go through these real quick? Failure to abandon the world. Failure to abandon the world. Give me that word, abandon. I think I sent that, that uh, dictionary definition to you real quick. Y'all just, just hang with me a few more minutes. Abandon means, listen to what abandon means. To give up completely. To give up completely. Give up completely a course of action, a practice, or watch this, a way of thinking. A way of thinking. Everybody say a way of thinking. So we said the number one, one, the one thing in here, and I'm not saying number one, this is one of the things that would cause your engine to fail, is failure to abandon the world. Failure to abandon this course of action, practice, or way of thinking like the world. Give me a scripture, please. Uh, media, I'm going to let y'all do this for me. Ephesians 4, 17. <clears throat> I'm going to move very quickly through these. Glory to God. 417, we're going to go through verse 22. You got it? Says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you, matter of fact, I want y'all to read, read it with me. Read it with me. All right? And uh, as much as we can, y'all know how to switch pronouns to make them personal? So as much as we can, let's switch the pronoun to make them personal. All right? So this, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that I should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. So I'm not supposed to walk like they walk. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of, because of, so you see how they walk in ignorance and blindness? He said, I'm not supposed to walk like that anymore. That means I need to go totally against the grain. Everybody say against the grain. I, I was a barber for 13 years. In fact, I'm still a barber. I'm still a barber. And it used to be my, my son, my son gets all these nice little haircuts now. I got to, you know, I got to blend him up. You know, he got a little temple fade, all that kind of stuff. But when my son was really young and I was cutting his hair, it gets the grain. And then by that time, they all fading up, all that, everything against the grain. No, no, some of y'all know this. When I was a barber and I have one of them single mamas come in there for her, her son get a haircut. She said, she said, hey, hey, uh, Mr. John, I need a two-week cut. Two-week cut. Oh, you want this to cut the last two weeks, three weeks? It gets the grain. <laughs> I can't be coming back next week for no cut. I need this. <laughs> so God wants us to live, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, against the grain. Now, what's going to cause engine failure, what will cause the saints of God to drift, is if we don't abandon Come on. 
this world. We don't abandon this whole world way of thinking. Keep going, verse 19, verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Keep going, please. But you, I have not so learned Christ. I didn't learn that way. Verse 21. 21, if indeed I have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in, the truth is in Jesus. The truth. People are puzzled. People, I mean, I know people, they, they were in church, man, and they got some kind of stupid church hurt because their pastor failed, all that kind of stuff. And now, now because, man, that, I can't trust them pastors now. I'm going to go out and do my own thing. You stupid because the truth wasn't in your pastor. The truth is in Jesus. I don't care if your pastor fell. The truth is in Jesus. God never told you to trust your pastor anyway. Put your trust in Jesus. The truth is in, I don't care. I don't care if your mama failed. The truth is in Jesus. How the guy want to argue me down? He he want to argue me down about this way and that way and whether we the Jews and whether we the all that kind of stuff like this and this book he reading and I'm not sure if the Bible is real anymore. I mean, this guy used to serve God. I'm not sure. And I said, bro, look, man. I said, when it all boils down to it, what is your book producing? You read your book, doing this, whatever in your book. Tell me, tell me what power is producing in your life. Because when I read my book and I do what my book says, there's power in what I read, power in what I do. The truth is in Jesus. I get healed reading this book. I get wealthy reading this book. I get overcoming. I overcome reading this book here. And can I tell you my truth? Long as I keep getting results, I don't care if Jesus Christ was pink, white, red, green, polka dot, striped, yellow. It wouldn't make me no difference. If you drown out there in a pool in 12 feet of water and a white man jump in and save your life, I don't care about him being white. Save me. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Verse 22, let's finish. Verse 20. That you put off, that I put off concerning my former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. First Peter 4. First Peter 4. Good God Almighty. My intent is to arrest you today. And keep you, if you might be drifted in the least bit, is to arrest you and pull you back. If you read Proverbs 24 this morning, it says something down in the end about, about making sure you grab those who are being drawn to death. Don't pretend like you don't know it. That's what he says. He says, don't, don't, don't pretend like you didn't see them on their way to death. You see them out there struggling. You see them drifting. You, you, you might see some people in this church that you know they kind of drifting. Now they, 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 they kind of lost their fire. They kind of, I don't know, what's the problem? Don't just sit there and just talk about them. Talk to them. Hey, bro. Hey, sis. 
Where's your fire? Are you in first first Peter one first Peter four? First Peter four. Oh Jesus. Man, I love y'all so much, man. I want y'all to get this. First Peter four, verse one through four. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, I arm myself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. I cease from my sin. Verse two, that I no longer should live in the rest rest of my time in the flesh for the lusts of men before the will of God. No longer. I'm talking about abandoning here. No longer. Verse 3. For I have spent enough of my past lifetime. Do I have any witnesses? Any witnesses here? I spent enough of my lifetime. This this what, what, what we're trying to get all of our teenagers and the young people to understand. Look, if it, was, if it was all that good out there, we'd still be out there. Where you trying to escape to, we're trying to escape from. We don't want to go through all that hell no more. It was hell out there. It was hell out there. It was hell out there. Ain't nothing good out there. We're getting back in here. We're trying to save y'all stupid behind from going. No, I'm just playing. Don't be stupid. If it was still good, we'll still be out there. When we walked, when, when we walked, y'all remember when y'all walked? Y'all, come on, don't, don't, don't be ashamed, now. Don't be all sedated. Remember when you walked in lewdness? Remember when you walked in lust? None of y'all remember this part. Remember when you, you was drunk? Revelries? Drinking parties? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And abominable idolatries. Some of y'all pastors, I don't even know what all that is, but I was doing, I just, I was doing some stuff. I was doing some stuff. I'm sure whatever I was doing fell into one of them categories right there. Now that's my used to be. It says we spent enough time. So that means if I spend enough time, I ain't going back over there no more. I don't have time. Listen, what I'm trying to, trying to get, get you to see is I'm trying to abandon all that. Verse 4, last verse, verse 4. In regard to these, they think, all the people you used to run with, think it's strange that you don't run with them no more. Oh, you can't, you can't go? We, you know we're going across that bridge tonight. You ain't, you ain't going across that bridge with us tonight. Hey, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crunk across that bridge tonight. You ain't going? It's... Now, see... If they say this and you still think about it, you've not yet abandoned. We must abandon this world. Here it is. I must live counterculture. I must live a counterculture life. Counterculture. Countercultural. I go against the culture. The culture, the culture, y'all know what a cult is. What is a cult? A cult just group of crazy people. No, that's, not, that's not what a cult is. A cult is a people who, a group of people who think the same way. That's all a cult is. They all think the same way. 
So culture is everybody's thinking the same way. So I have learned if I want to succeed, I need whatever they're thinking. You know what? I'm going to do this over here. If they all say that's a good idea, I'm going I'm to check this out over here. Why? Even if, if it's lawful, it may not be expedient for me. Because all it takes is me to, to just, just, just slip a little bit. Oh, Lord. I don't slipped up and you ever heard somebody say that? Man, I slipped up and Oh, I don't slipped up and boy. Some, some people that's some long slips. All right, number one, what's, what's number one reason for engine failure? Why, why you drift? Failure to abandon the world. Number two, let me do this real quick, please. Oh my God. Failure to abstain from evil. Failure to abstain from evil. Failure to abstain. Now, abandon is you're abandoning that culture, abandoning that way of thinking. But here is failure to abstain from evil. That word abstain, give me that please that definition, please. Glory to God, glory to God. Abstain means to choose not to do or have something. I choose not. I could, but I choose not to do or have something. To refrain deliberately. Oh, Jesus. And often with an effort of self-denial from an action or practice. How many of y'all have heard the word abstinence? We normally think of the word abstinence when it comes to sexual behavior. But abstinence just simply means it's the act of here. Choosing not to do or have something. Isn't it amazing how now, even in public school now, and, and throughout our, our, the health uh, of our nation, now where, whereas abstinence used to be the mode, we teach abstinence. Now they're passing out birth control in the schools. Because what, here's, here's what they say. They're going to do it anyway. And then what? Let me tell you. I'm going to just, just, just blast it. And what's crept into the church is, in the church now, we got some of our parents in the church. I don't just mean, I'm not talking about this church. I'm saying the church. The church. That say, you know, I'm just going to give my daughter a little something, give my son a little something, keep on. Because, you know, they're going to do it anyway. I just want to make sure that they're protected, they're safe. Just, just look straight ahead. You ain't got to Come on, sir. I just want to make sure they're safe because, you know, they're, they're, they can get into something. What you've done is you've just signed on it. See, what? So if, if, if I don't teach abstinence, now then, you know, uh, I'm teaching tolerance, is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm really encouraging. Because the next thing you're going to be saying is, well, they're going to smoke weed anyway, so I want them to do it in the house now. Just smoke weed in the house because I, you're going to do it anyway, so just come on in the house and do it. At least I know you're safe. At least I know you're not smoking and driving. See, it, it, it just keep on going. It just keep on going. It just keep on going. 
Next thing you know, now, now, now the, the daughter, little boyfriend, he spent a night at your house with you while you're there because, well, you know, I want to make sure because, you know, I'm, I, want, I don't want them going in the backseat of no car somewhere. That's too, you know, that's not my daughter, so I'm going to make sure. See, it's just, it, just, it just gets down, it goes downhill. Before you know it, you've drifted so far off. See, y'all forgive me, but I, I'm still old school. I grew up under holiness is right. When I grew up, my daddy taught us it's holiness or hell. Matter of fact, my dad would take a Bible and on the front of the Bible it would say Holy Bible and he'd say, see on Holy Bible, oh no, that was nothing. He said, it's always, it's holiness or nothing. That's just how I was, I was raised. And I didn't change just because society changed. Because his truth endures to all generations. Can y'all handle that? First Thessalonians 4, give me this real quick. Oh, man. I'm long. Y'all know I'm long-winded. You knew that before you came here, right? You already knew. Pastor going to preach a long time. I told Katika, I told him Friday night, I said, boy, y'all going to see a miracle tonight because Pastor going to preach in 10 minutes. That was a miracle. I said, shoot. Y'all know I can't, I can't give an introduction in 10 minutes. First Thessalonians 4, verse 1 through 5. Because what are we doing on this point? We're abstaining from evil. Finally then, brethren, we, we urge you and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you uh, have received from us how you or how we ought to walk and to please God. Verse 2. For I know what commandments he gave me through the Lord Jesus. Verse 3. For this is the will of God, my sanctification, that I should abstain no, not practice safe. He said abstain. You know I'm scanning the audience, right? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it says abstain. That means don't do it. abstain here it used the word fornication right in the King James I think that's right y'all got King James one of y'all okay but whatever it is normally people think when they see the word fornication they think of only the sexual act of intercourse but it uses sexual immorality here because it's more than just that if you watching it on a computer watching it on your phone re reading it in a book It's the same thing. Oh no, that's harmless. That's harmless. It ain't harmless to your soul. You can't get nobody pregnant watching a video. It ain't. It's, your soul is getting pregnant with something. So the Bible didn't say practice safe. It said abstain. Oh, I better keep going. Verse four. Verse four. I'll come in Wednesday. Won't be nobody in church, boy. Good night. 
It said fornication to King James. I thought so. That each of you should know how to possess. We should know how to possess our own vessel in sanctification and honor. All of a sudden, now I understand what this is all about. It's about sanctification and honor. That I don't dishonor my vessel. I think, oh, you think it's just having fun. No, it is dishonor. You don't know who you are. Only dogs just lay down on anything and everything. That's dogs. That's dogs. And some dogs have more class than that. No, I, I, need, I, need, I need these teens to hear this. I need these young folks to hear this. Because in school, and in their little rap music and all their little videos, they're they, they telling it straight up. And it's about time in the church we talk about sex. Because they're having it. Because they don't understand that what they're doing is dishonoring their own bodies. It's dishonoring. Please don't get me wrong. Uh, I, was, I, I can't claim I was always pure. But when you know better... Verse 5, not in the passion, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. The world does all that kind of stuff. Not you and me. Keep going. Same book, chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21, 22. Digging back, I'm almost done. Hold on. I know. See, that, that's security, man. He just. He like he he grabbing his knife, getting his knife ready. <laughs> Test all things. Movie come on TV. Song come on the radio. Better test it. Maybe I shouldn't watch this. Maybe I shouldn't listen to this. Because I got to test all things. And when I test all things, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for what's good. Because when I find what's good, I'm going to hold fast what is good. Then it goes on to verse 22 and says this. Abstain from every form of evil. Your King James says abstain from the appearance. I grew up on that scripture. Shun the very appearance of evil. If it looks evil. Shun it. How many of y'all grew up hearing that verse? Shun, shut it down. It looked right. I mean, I better test it. Mm, no, no, I don't. I don't. I don't need to be in that kind of environment. No, I don't need to be in that kind of atmosphere. No, I don't need. To, I don't need to open my home to that spirit. No, there's there are channels we can't allow. Programming we won't allow because it's opening my see we talking about the dance today about open the heavens open the heavens Yeah, there's some other stuff you can open too. 
Whatever you yield yourself to, you are opening yourself to it. And then we're trying to figure out how did all this promiscuity get in my house? Well, dad. Mom. You know that little book you were reading? Right? So I've got to abstain from every form. Every form. Uh, the appearance. The appearance. So if, so if we, I was taught like this, if you even look like you're sinning, just, just change it. Glory to God. Can I give you one more? 1 Peter 2, 11 and verse 12. Man, our media is doing such a great, great, great job today. They're helping me out. Thank you, media. Yeah, I know that's right. Beloved, I beg you, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Now watch this. Here's a kicker here. Demetri, you got this? Listen to this. This is the kicker right here. Abstain from fleshly lust. That's all the stuff we just talked about. Why? Which war against the soul. That's the issue. All that stuff may be fun. Might look good. But it is wreaking havoc on your soul. And next thing you know, you find yourself in all kind of predicament situations. Like, I don't know how, 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 how did I get in this? How did I get way over here? Because your soul was under attack and it says you were doing it yourself. It's like, it's like uh, soul suicide. These fleshly lusts war against the soul. And when your soul is in a battle, you can't pray right. I'll come over here. Your, your praise ain't right when you, your, your soul is like, <laughs> praise him. Come on, some of y'all old school, you used to come in on communion Sunday and they pass around the communion tray and people are like, Y'all remember that? Next month, Pastor, next month, next month. I'm going to be right next month. I'm going to be right. Why? What's happening? It's not that God doesn't love you. It's that this war going on in your own soul. Verse 12, verse 12. Having your conduct, having my conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak evil against me as an evildoer, they may by my good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. In the day of visitation, they're going to glorify God because they see my good works because I, I've, I've not, I've, I don't keep this war in my soul. I become pure in my soul. No, for God I live, for God I die. If it ain't pleasing God, I don't want it. And I'm not doggone it going to keep doing stuff that gets my own soul out of whack. Last one. Last one. So we must live countercultural lives. We must live clean lives. We must live clean lives. Last one. We talk about failure to abandon the world. Failure to abstain from evil. Last one. Failure to add to your faith. Failure to add 
to your faith. So there are things we got to stop, but there are some things we got to start. Some things we got to add. There's some, there's some uh, you know, our engine will, will fail if you've not put, get some fuel in that joker. That could be mechanical failure, but if you don't, if you don't keep gas in the car, Pauline, at some point, it'll, it'll, it'll just. She's been delivered. You got to do better. Got to do better, Pauline. Got to do better. So you need, you need some gas in your car. All right, we're going to go to one place for this. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 15. It sounds like a lot, but it's not. In the Passion Translation, I'm going to read this here. Has this helped anybody today? 2 Peter 1, 5 through 15 in the Passion Translation. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. So I have my faith to just live by faith. I walk, I walk by faith and not by sight. I, yeah, Pastor, I'm, I'm in faith. Okay, but you got to add something to your faith. Because apparently your faith is not enough. What do you mean your faith ain't enough? You walk by faith and live by, no, not by sight. We live by faith. Wait a minute. Apparently your faith isn't enough. There's some things you got to add to your faith. I was telling a story um, when a couple weeks ago, Deke, thank God for my deacon here. All the deacons we have are so helpful. I, I had to, um, I was mulching. I had to clean up my yard. My wife got on me about all these weeds all over the yard in the, in the flower beds, you know. Wah, wah, wah. You know, she's sounding the alarm. Sounding the alarm for that. I'm just joking. You know what? No, I didn't say nag. You just sounded the alarm. Wah, wah. And, uh, if you were here last Sunday, you get that. So, so uh, I said, I better do something about this yard so I can turn this alarm off. So, when in, uh, I had to get on and dig all the weeds out of the yard and, you know, clear it out, everything. And then I went and laid down the mesh that you need to try to control the weeds. And then I said, uh, Deacon De- De- uh, Mac met me at Home Depot. We bought uh, like a bunch of bags of, uh, of uh, mulch. And, and the reason why we bought that much, much was because the guy at, in the garden center explained something to me. I, I asked, him, asked him to explain mulch to me. And he said, he said now listen, and this, catch this, this is very good right here. He said, you only, you only need a little mulch if your only goal is decoration. He said, if you're just trying to decorate the flower bed, you can put just a little bit of mulch down there. Because that's all, you, all you're doing is decorating. In other words, people can see that. He said, but if you're trying to really control weeds... He said, you got to lay it on thick and heavy. I said, why is that? He said, because the, the thicker you lay it on, the more, the more light that it keeps out. And it, it's the light that's causing those weeds to grow in your, in your, in your flower beds. He said, so you, gotta, you, gotta, you can't just put down a thin layer of decorative mulch. You got to lay it on thick and heavy to keep outside forces from getting in there and making your flower bed look ugly again. Do you catch that? So you can have your faith. I go to church every Sunday, Pastor. Well, that's wonderful. But if you only have faith as a decoration for your life, got your little Bible up in your, in your windshield and got your little cross on your little you know, arm, your tattoo, and 
you know, your favorite scripture tattooed on your arm and, you know, you got your little thing and, you know, your little thing, got your little scripture of the day coming in and your little Twitter feed and all that kind of stuff. That's just decoration. Now, you ain't going to do nothing with no decoration. You got to lay it on thick and heavy. So Peter says here, I want you to go beyond decorative faith. He said, I want you to add, supplement your faith with goodness. It'll say in the King James, New King James, add. He said, no, we're just going to go through these here. You got it? I put in pastor because these words, I ain't got to explain these words to you. Add goodness. And then after goodness, add understanding. <laughs> All right? You got to understand the word. Don't just be right here. Oh, that sounds good. Get some understanding. Keep going. Verse, verse 6. And to understanding, add the strength of what? What? That's abstaining. You know how you practice self-control? Fasting. I don't like that fasting. If you can't turn down a biscuit, I'm just telling you, don't tell me you can turn down that seductress who come down the street. <laughs> Batting them big old butterfly eyelids. You know, they, these girls putting on eyelids today, they come way on out there on you. You ever gone through the drive through at a restaurant, the eyelids, may I help you? self-control come on keep going patient endurance patient endurance you can endure it you can go through it stop quitting all of a sudden stop quitting all the time at the first thing that happens to you if you read Proverbs 24 this morning verse 10 tells you if you if you're if uh, you faint the day of adversity your strength is small so stop quitting at the moment some trouble arises and to patient endurance add godliness oh add godlikeness start acting like God Keep going, verse 7, and to godliness add mercy. That's mercy, that's being kind toward your brothers and sisters. Show some kindness, show some love. Don't just tell folk you love them, show them. And to mercy toward others add unending love. That unending love means that your love has no expiration date. That means that the person around you can't do something and make you not love them. Shata. Shata. Boha. Verse 8. Now listen to me. Watch how this ends. Since these virtues are already planted deep within you, since these virtues are already planted deep within you, so they're already in there, you've got to now bring these things out, up and out of you. How do you do that? By practicing them. Lord, I, I need more patience. No, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. It's already in there. You got to be patient. And the devil's going to always give opportunity to not be patient. Won't he do it? He sure will. The devil will. The devil will give you opportunity over and over again. He says, and you possess them in abundant supply. What? They will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately, face to face. 
This is how you keep from drifting, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to be a drifter. I want to know him more intimately. I want to be closer to him today than I was 30 years ago when I first got born again. Verse 9. Verse 9. But if anyone lacks these things, if you just got decorative faith, he is blind, constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith, and forgetting his innocence, for his past sins have been washed away. If you forget your innocence, then you go back to those sins. You start meddling back in that stuff you was... Got it? Keep going, verse 10. For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. If you do these things, you will never stumble. Never fall. You'll not drift. This making sense to you? Verse 11. As a result, the kingdom's gates, remember we're going to inherit salvation, will open wide to you as God choreographs your triumphant entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Messiah. Keep going, please. I won't hesitate to, listen to this. This is, this is good. This is, my, this is how I feel as pastor. I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths even though you are aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth you have already embraced. Keep going, please. And as long as I live, I will continue to awaken you with this reminder. I want to preach a shouting John message every Sunday, but every once in a while, I need to stir you up and say, hey! Catch yourself! You ever told somebody to catch themselves? My wife and I they say it to the kids, oh, they, they, they start talking a little bit too much and running at the mouth. Because you know we're friendly with our kids, but we, we're not their friends. We're friendly, but I'm, I'm not your friend. So, oh, catch yourself. No, ho, ho, ho. Wait, wait, wait. One time, boy, I came across a table. I, what? What? Did you just... Oh, they'll make you do that now. Hey, but you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to show them who's the boss. Come on, you ever, you ever see somebody that they're, they're dieting, trying to lose weight, and you go out to eat somewhere, and they start ordering all a bunch of stuff. You say, hey, you better catch yourself. You better catch yourself. Or you... You know, you've seen them a few Sundays and you're you know, like, it's like you're getting a little bigger. You better catch yourself. I remember the last time you wore that outfit. It wasn't, it wasn't that snug. You better catch yourself. So we've all said it. So as pastor, what I'm saying to you, my spiritual sons and daughters, and anyone watching us online today and anytime in the future, is catch yourself. Don't just let yourself go and slip like that and drift. They said, now watch this. And as long as I live, I'll continue to awaken you with this reminder. Keep going, please. Since our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has clearly revealed that my departure is near. So, so Peter's saying, I'm about to die pretty soon. But watch what he says. Watch this last verse, verse 15. Indeed, I'm passionate to share these things with you 
so that you will always remember them after my exodus from this life. So he said, so I, I want to put this in you so strong that even when I'm gone, it'll still speak to you. I was blessed to be raised by a father and mother who loved God with all their hearts, who walked in holiness, lived for God, served God. Parents who, to most folk, would be labeled extreme. But even, even after they departed, moved to heaven, the things they taught me still speak to me this day. Now, your pastor is not planning on leaving this earth anytime soon. But I'm going to leave from this church this afternoon because I'm going to eat. And you're going to eat. And I won't be with you tomorrow. I won't be with you on Tuesday morning. But I pray that what the Lord has allowed me to share with you today will keep talking to you when it's just you by yourself. That just, <laughs> when you feel yourself, you're just, just about to do something, you're going to say, oh, oh catch, catch yourself. You feel that temptation from the enemy to go with the world or to go back into doing some sin or to, or to, or to, to not do those works that build your faith. You say, oh, I better catch myself. See, it's like this. If today you find yourself, your prayer life is off, catch yourself. I can't tell you how many times I've had to do that to myself. Ooh, man, I better catch myself. I've lost that fervency in my prayer. Ooh, just kind of routine. I got to catch myself. Man, I don't feel myself greedy for the word. That's not good. I better catch myself. I don't feel like I'm just as enthusiastic about praise and worship as a praise team is. I better catch myself. I feel like I'm being drawn into some stuff. Man, why am I watching that stuff? Ooh, that's kind of just enticing. <laughs> I find myself laughing at stuff, and I feel like, man, well, I don't know why I'm laughing at I shouldn't be laughing at that kind of stuff, because that's raunchy. Got to catch myself. So today, I want you to catch yourself. Everybody stand to your feet. I know you're ready to stand to your feet now. You've been sitting so long. Your, your bottom hurt. Your knees tired. I receive. I don't want us, anybody, to lose what we've worked so hard for. You've come a long way. Think about where you used to be. Come on, think about before you even came to this kind of revelation or whatever. Think about, come on, man, you're like, wow. Now, don't let, don't let apathy creep in there. Where you just, you know, just kind of, well... It's okay, sirrah, sirrah. And it's possible. As your pastor, I can sit here and tell you honestly 
there are times in my life, in my pastorate, times in when I've been walking with God, and I don't mean 30 years ago and 20 years ago. I mean in the last year, I've had to go, whoa, wait a minute. What am I doing? What am I doing? I told my wife laughing because I, I, we had to go hey, buy me some coffee. I'm not even a coffee drinker, but I'm like, whoa, hey, I feel my prayer life slipping in the mornings. Find myself going to pray and end up sleep. Well, that's natural, Pastor. Happens. Wait a minute. Not, not when you're fervent. Not when you're trying to get through. I'm like, hey, okay, I don't care. If I got to get some coffee, something, I got to start back walking around. Because I can't let myself slip. Everybody head, bow your head. Close your eyes. I want you to just take just an introspective look at yourself. And just you evaluate. I'm not here to evaluate. I don't, I don't know anything about you in terms of how you're walking with God. You know. I'm not here to judge or criticize you. I've been open and honest with, with you about myself. And if you know in yourself, hey, man, I kind of let some things slip. In reality, Pastor, I have sort of drifted. I didn't even, re even realize how I was drifting. Then I want you to have your own personal revival today. I'm going to pray in a minute. But I want you to be quite honest with yourself. I don't know what to pray for you. You know what to pray for you. <laughs> you know where you are. You know. You know. I love you too much to judge you. I love you too much to criticize you. Well, I mean, what place do I have to criticize you? But as your spiritual dad, I love you as dear children enough to say, hey, catch yourself, son. Catch yourself, daughter. Get back on what, what got you to this level of increase anyway. This level of manifestation, this level of, of revelation, this level of understanding that you have now. What got you there? It was when you were, man, seeking God with all your heart. Seeking his face. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. For you to have your revival right now. Revival doesn't take a whole week, Peshera. <laughs> you can have a revival right here. It'll take you all of all of two minutes. Right there with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you know I'm talking about you, or you know that you you can really benefit from this message today, just, just slip your hand in the air, I can see. I can see who you are, so I know I didn't waste my time today. Okay, good. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I know I need my revival. Amen. All right. Father God, now in Jesus' name, I believe I've done exactly what you've asked me to do. In sounding the alarm for your people, blowing the trumpet in Zion to remind each and every one of us, Father, that there is a divine call on our lives, that God, you have something great, a great reward for us, and that 
It's not your will for us, Lord, to work so hard and so long and then lose what we've gained and have to start over and retrace our steps and go over things again. Thank you for your great love for us and that you would release and minister this kind of word, this kind of challenging word to us today to, to wake us up, to shake us in our spirits and our souls today, God. Even to shake our flesh. God, I ask you today that each person today who, who slipped their hands in the air a moment ago, Lord, that you would minister to them, Lord, by your grace, their own personal revival. Yes, God. <laughs> their own one-on-one face-to-face meeting with you, Lord. Their own one-on-one face-to-face, breath-to-breath, mouth-to-mouth, eye-to-eye time with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. God, you know what you have planned for these, your precious people. You know the things that, God, that we, we don't even know. You know the things that we can't even see. But, God, we know you're up to something so good, so marvelous, so great, God. And, God, we know the devil will do everything he can to keep us from receiving our full rewards. God, I pray that in this room that every heart, every heart would be convicted. That none of us will think that we're above this word. But that every one of us will take the time to really evaluate ourselves. We'll say, Lord, search us, try us, know us. See if there be any wicked thing in us, any wicked way in us. God, we want you to lead us in the way everlasting. And God, I pray today that everyone, Lord, who who has this face-to-face meeting with you, that God... Not only do, Lord, I ask you this all the time and you do it for me. I ask you to reveal. Don't just forgive. Lord, I ask you to, to, to reveal yes, to me every area of my life where I'm falling short. Yes. So I ask you today, Lord, to reveal in us every area of our lives where we're falling short. Yes, and then, Lord, when you reveal it, we will then confess those things to you, Lord. Knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, God. Thank you for it. Forgive us, Lord, for for allowing our minds to get over in some stuff. Forgive us for allowing our eyes to wander. Forgive us, Lord, for, for 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 allowing our mouths to speak perverted things, God. Forgive us for allowing our feet to hasten into sin. God, I pray over every person in this room our young people, our teenagers, our young adults, our older adults. We know that God, no, no age category is exempt from these sorts of attacks. God, I pray that in this place, your people would be renewed, revive, revitalize, and go and charge full steam ahead into great things you have for us. I thank you, Lord, that this day will be marked on our calendars as the day everything turned around. That everything turned around. I know that God, as a result of this, that there are going to be marriages that are blessed. I know, Father, as a result of this, there are going to be some parent and children relationships that will be blessed, mended, and redirected. 
I know, Father, that God in this in this house, that God that in this house, Lord, that there'll be a, even a greater, a, a, a more clear environment and atmosphere for the move of the Spirit. That there'll be no more warring and wrestling and battling in our souls. We'll be free, Lord, to glorify and honor your name. We thank you for it. We glorify your name. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name. If you agree, shout amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, give God a great shout of praise.